it's not like, okay, I just like woke up and wanted to be a software engineer. It was more like, you know, getting this new experience and being like, okay, I'll take it, I grab it and I'll get the best out of it. So just trying out something new that I just, I guess got really lucky and I really loved it. Welcome to another episode of Departures. Departures is a weekly podcast about departing from our own expectations and embracing change. Every episode features individuals who have taken enormous strides to find what makes them come alive. Their stories can teach us how to embrace moments of feeling lost and give us guidance about how to move forward or depart in a completely new direction. On today's episode, we'll talk with Jermaine Bowie, who moved from Montreal to Silicon Valley to become a software engineer with no prior experience in coding. Jermaine worked at Apple for over four years on the Siri team before his current role at the Climate Corporation. We'll learn about his experience going through the original San Francisco Dev Bootcamp, as well as his new passion to help others learn more about cryptocurrency and blockchain technology. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank Thanks you. for being here, Jermaine. Thanks for having me, it's man. A, it's a great opportunity to be able to interview you. I think you're at a place in your life where you're on the up and up. Things are, right. things are looking good. That hockey stick. Long goes. way to go, but we're going to keep on working <laughs> hard, man. Yeah, I wanted to talk today about maybe your background and, and let other people know what it's like coming from a place of having limited experience in development and software development. And maybe you can talk, or at least we'll start off our discussion about what it's like to go through a dev boot camp. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, so I went to the original Dev Bootcamp, right? It was actually called Dev Bootcamp <laughs> in San Francisco. We started in Chinatown and it was kind of like, so like, you know, they were kind of putting the program together, but they didn't really have any idea of what they were doing. And um, yeah, I mean, I started about five years ago. So boot camps weren't really like that big of a thing yet, but I heard about them through a friend that actually went to Dev Bootcamp as well. And uh, yeah, I mean, I was in marketing when I started. I have a marketing degree uh, from a business school in Montreal. And uh, after that, I kind of, I don't know, marketing is something that you deal with people. So that that's inspiring. But I've always felt like I wanted to, you know, delve more into the software side because I was, you know, passionate about everything that's going on in the world. Like you can, you could obviously tell that software was starting to eat the world up, right? So I started, um, I was doing side things at an association in Montreal and uh, they needed a website to be built. So I was like, all right, I don't, we don't have the budget. So like, let me try to do this because I have a background in marketing. So maybe this will work out or at least I'll get an experience from it and learn how to code. You know, little by little, I saw myself like, working like during work building this website and I was like oh man like I'm obsessed with this like it's pretty awesome like everything you could do on WordPress was pretty cool but then I found myself like feeling limited by what I could do on WordPress and kind of want to go further so I looked up these alternatives like boot camp or school and I reached out to my friend on LinkedIn and he was like yeah I think you should totally do this boot camp and just like try it out. That's amazing and you, so you just got referred to a boot camp and you, you just jumped right in you didn't have any hesitation at all? I did not. I did not have any hesitations. I just felt like that is like what I love to do. I've never had this feeling like when you're working where you're like, I want to learn more. Like I'm, this is like, it's not like, okay, I just like woke up and wanted to be a software engineer. It was more like, you know, getting this new experience and being like, okay, I'll take it, I grab it and I'll get the best out of it. So just trying out something new that I just, I guess, got really lucky and I really loved it. So you left Montreal and you just packed your bags and came to San Francisco? I think I packed my bags two months later. That's incredible. I just quit my job. And I mean, 
California, what a great place to be anyways. Like it wasn't like I was going somewhere else uh, that's not as beautiful and as like in terms of tech, at least happening as San Francisco. Right. So I felt that also like picking your location and your environment is extremely important when you're taking that big of a risk. Because I knew that when I would come here, after I would graduate, it, I mean, it was like a cesspool of meetups. Uh, there's so much talent in the Bay. And there's also, I mean, a huge amount of demand that even if you were going to be a freelancer, you could help a couple of people out for a couple hundred bucks, right? So what was your experience going through the, through the boot camp? It's, it was more of like, I'm sure you had the same thing where you have all these like people that are coming from such different backgrounds and they're taking the same risk as you are. I mean, except, yeah, they might have like, you know, different chips in the game, but they're still playing the game and they're still sacrificing something, right? And when you're a part of that with a group, there's sort of this like beehive mindset where you guys are connecting on a different level that you've not necessarily connected with other people. And it, working with these people every day, it's like you become a family. You're working like, I don't know, 120 hours, 100 hours a week just like hustling constantly and you're after we graduate it's like yeah i mean these guys are forever going to be my inspiration my friends right so we'll get back to your story though okay. about <laughs> so like you went through the boot camp it sounds yes. like it was pretty intense yes through that boot camp this was 2014 20 yeah this was uh four years ago yeah four years ago so what was your experience coming out of it my experience coming out was you know i'm going to take at least a couple weeks off yeah like i can <laughs> i cannot sustain this pace i definitely cannot sustain this pace i'm going to break so i'm going to just take time off for myself and then i kind of set up a game plan during that time where i was going to be like all right like how are you going to get a job you've already differentiated yourself but like what are the gaps that you might have during an interview process right so kind of look up like common software engineering interviews through Glassdoor and seeing what kinds of questions they're asking, uh, looking up like, you know, books, because just because like you're missing this academic part that if you at least have like some sort of knowledge on like algorithms or mastering algorithms, for example, like it'll be even more impressive. It's like, wow, this person came out of boot camp and right away they like started like hustling, you know, and the, for sure, I think interviewers felt that. Like when I went in, it's definitely tough. Uh, like, you know, we, we talked about the imposter syndrome all the time, feeling like you're a fraud or like you're you're not like a real software engineer. You know, you did a boot camp and you're just you're, you're not like them and you'll always have that feeling. But the thing with software engineering is that it's always evolving. So there's always new frameworks. There's always new tools you can learn. Right. And maybe just like setting your like learning a specific tool or specific framework and just becoming like, you know, a really, really good in that. And that sets you apart because when they'll look, you can look at jobs that are like wanting a Vue.js engineer where everybody else is doing React right now, right? So, I mean, I think that also builds up your confidence. You're, and when you go to meetups and you talk to people, they're like, oh, wow, like, you know, Vue, like, you know, that's kind of crazy because I'm like a senior engineer and I, I haven't learned Vue yet. So it's kind of like feeds your confidence as well and you learn a lot through it. So what did you learn on the job that you didn't pick up on at the boot camp? Not that they couldn't teach you, but maybe something that you learned while being in the field. Yeah. Um, so I remember my first day walking in Apple 
And, uh, you know, they just gave me a standard cubicle and no one came to talk to me for two days. And I was just, I, in my head, I literally was like, count the number of days you're going to be here. You're definitely going to get fired. Right. Cause like, <laughs> like why would they hire you? Right? Were you wearing like a leopard skin suit or something? No, I no, was not just, wearing the leopard skin suit that day. Just the typical Silicon Valley jeans and hoodie. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> not the all birds though. Uh, okay, I was wearing right. Converse. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so yeah, I walked in and I had no idea what I was going to do there. I literally had no idea cause they're so secretive. Right. I just knew that I would work for the Siri platform. And I'm like, man, like, when am I going to start coding? You know, this is like, as soon as they're going to give me a challenge, I'm out of here, you know? But it uh, turns out they just kind of tested me in terms of like, how could I start, you know, uh, using their framework? Because most of their tools are internal. So uh, there was a lot, you know, a lot going on. And I actually ended up uh, writing a book uh, for Apple on how to use these tools and that they used internally uh, to train people. That's awesome. So that's something I did not at all expect to do as a software engineer, right? And I would definitely advise, if I can give any advice, that as a, you know, if you, if you do agile or any sprint planning, things like that, that most companies do in, in the area, then, you know, just pick up uh, things that no one wants to do or, you know, do proof of concepts. Because in the end, as a software engineer, uh, the most valuable thing you have is your toolbox. So you have a toolbox and you start with a screw, a basic screwdriver that you, know, you, you might not be able to do anything with. But uh, the more tools you learn and the more frameworks and experience you get, you start filling up that toolbox. And then people come to you and be like, hey, can I have, you know, that drill you had that works amazing? Can, I, can you teach me how to do that? And uh, yeah, and people definitely recognize that. And just like working on spikes and proof of concepts, even though you're not necessarily coding, uh, you do end up coding and showing off like an MVP for, you know, a framework or something that, you know, the whole company will see. So it'll give you visibility. And then your team will appreciate that you're doing that for them because you're creating value. And then third, you'll probably be put on like special projects because you know these things. What's going on in your life right now? What are you working on both professionally and maybe for fun? Yeah, I am... Uh, you know, my side projects are mostly revolved around crypto, um, blockchain, specifically the technology, not necessarily all the currency hype. And as an engineer, I feel like you have an extra pair of eyes where you can understand really what's going on with blockchain technology because, you know, you hear a lot of hype around a certain project, which usually has a token or some sort of currency pegged to it. And then you can actually open up the code base and look at it and be like, oh, like, what are these guys doing? And you learn from it, from that perspective as a software engineer, you learn like new techniques or new ways of setting up code or, you know, modularity, composability, like cool things that they're doing. And it's really incredible because there's so many people, like smart people involved in crypto and they're probably the best engineers out there. So seeing what they're doing and how passionate they are kind of you know, you can't help but look into it. What is, yeah, what is your duty to the to help the rest of us? Do you feel like you have some sort of obligation to help educate the rest of the world about the amazing tools that are to come? My duty would be more to, um, you know, educate people that don't have this, te like, tech background as to try to put it in layman's term and inspire them to understand 
what the impact is, even though I don't even understand what the impact is going to be. I know, I feel like it's going to be huge. So having them as outsiders, not within the boundaries of knowledge, I feel like I we're creating this new elite, this new class of people that will have, that will most likely manipulate and benefit from it way more than others. And I wouldn't want to see people I love and my friends be out of that. How educated should people be about blockchain technology? I think people should look into what blockchain technology is in general, because I think, like I said before, that it's going to affect every industry. And at, professionally, if you can talk to it, I think a lot of people within one or two years, as it picks up again, in terms of at least technology, maybe not the currency, they'll, they'll you know, turn to you to like maybe explain it a little bit more to the company or to people that are like, you know, haven't been interested. It's, it is super inspirational what people are doing. And it's always like having that extra, again, the toolbox, right? You have that blockchain tool. You might, it might not be sharpened, but like it's still usable and, you know, people are going to need it, I feel like. So it's, again, it's the toolbox thing, right? So looking back on your journey, now that you've had so much change in just the last four years, what piece of advice would you give yourself to the Jermaine that you knew four years ago, leaving Montreal and moving here? Um, I think that every step in the direction, obviously at first was like walking through a mudslide, uh, going downhill, and you were trying to go uphill, and there's no way you could make it. But... I think that you should look back and celebrate on every single one of those accomplishments, no matter how small they are, because they brought you to where you're at. You know, we all come from a different path. And even though you came from a muddy path, like you still somehow reached the same point as other people that just, you know, opened the door and walked in and you're in the same place. So like, enjoy that. And also, I would say surrounding yourself with extremely smart people, ask them questions like, you know, even though they don't seem like they want to talk to you when you show that passion, like they're they're going to want to talk because you guys are doing the same thing. And I think that you should talk to people in all industries and just keep on striving to learn more. Right. Just keep on pushing yourself to the next level because it's endless. So that wraps up another episode of Departures. If you're interested in learning more about Jermaine, you can visit his Facebook page at facebook.com slash cryptopoppy, or you can go to our website at medium.com slash departures for a link to all of his content, plus transcripts and deeper dives into every episode. Departures is produced in Berkeley, California. Special thanks to Jermaine Bowie for appearing on our show. Our fantastic soundtrack was created by Kia Orion. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you on the next episode of Departures. Departures.